There's been a growing phenomenon in our culture, particularly on college campuses. A designation as a, of a certain room or a certain outdoor space as a so-called safe space. Anybody heard of safe spaces? It's believed to have started in the 1960s with the feminist movement. And they believed it to be a way to escape the harmful effects of the patriarchy. It's expanded throughout our current culture when opposing viewpoints have increased your anxiety or caused you to feel uncomfortable. The goal is to withdraw into a, quote, safe space where you are sheltered from verbal or physical harm. I want to be careful of the tone of my voice because I am most certainly not mocking. I totally understand it. Unfortunately, the Reality of what this serves to do is to isolate oneself from the arena of ideas and effectively encapsulate you in this room with people that think just like you. And so a safe space can so quickly become groupthink. If you're never exposed to differing opinions, you never know how to sharpen your own opinion and defend your own ideas. The phrase... The name of the Lord continues Scripture's theology of names. To use this phrase is to do more than to say a simple name. For you are identifying God Himself. When the psalmist or the writer of Proverbs begins to extol and to say, Give glory unto his name. In effect, he is identifying, he is saying, give glory to God. Throughout the Old Testament, God began to reveal more and more of himself through his name. Commonly in the beginning, especially around the time of Abraham, he would be called Adonai or Elohim. He reveals to Moses at the burning bush when Moses asks, who shall I say has sent me? God says, uh, tell them the I am that I am has sent you. The I am, the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. The self-existent eternal one has sent you. That was shortened or abbreviated or is is written by the Jewish people as as what we would recognize as the letters YHWH we say Yahweh or we have transliterated it to Jehovah as Moses led the people around a desert land the Lord began to work and the Lord began to reveal himself to his chosen people. And each revelation of God was accompanied by a name that would go with it to identify, to help them to understand just who this God was that they served. He became known to them as Jehovah Jireh. The God who provides or quite literally in translation, it would be the Lord who will see to it. Aren't you thankful for the Lord who will see to it when your bills come up or when there's no food in the cabinets? You can be thankful that he's the God who's going to see to it. 
they reached a place where the waters were bitter and it was unsafe for them to drink. And Moses was to cast a certain tree into the waters and the waters were healed. And God became known to them as Jehovah Rapha or the Lord that healeth thee. Aren't you thankful for a God uh, that can heal you today Uh, in your body, in your mind, in your innermost being? We serve a God uh, who heals as conflict was faced, as battles were fought. They learned of him, not just as a provider and not just as a healer, but he became known to them as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner or the Lord who is victorious. Several more compound names are given throughout scripture, but it all culminates in one precious name. And that is the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus means Jehovah is become my salvation. That's what Isaiah was writing about when he said unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And Matthew writes breathlessly of this as he pens the pages uh, of the angels speaking uh, to Mary and to Joseph. And he says, thou shalt bring forth a son uh, and call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. In the name of Jesus, you have the highest revelation. You have the totality of all of the nature of the divine one encapsulated in one name that you can breathe. Every attribute from Jehovah Jireh that provides to Jehovah Rapha that heals to Jehovah Nisi that saves you in a battle. It's all found in one name and that name Is Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 tells us in verse 8. And being found. Talking about Jesus in fashion as a man. He humbled himself. And became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. And given him a name. Which is above every name. That at the name of. Of Jesus, every knee should bow uh, at things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. I'm thankful for an understanding of the name. I'm thankful that we are a people of the name. Colossians chapter two and verse eight says, beware lest any man spoil you. Through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. Now watch this for in him, in who? In Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. The name of Jesus is the highest and the greatest revelation of God. It's a totality of him. All the fullness of God dwelt inside uh, of Jesus and you uh, are complete in him. 
When you breathe the name of Jesus, you are calling upon every attribute and every characteristic of the divine. You're not just speaking to a piece or a person or a fragment of the Godhead. You are calling upon all that God is. You're calling upon all that he ever was. And you're calling upon all that he ever is to be. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power when you begin begin to speak uh, that name which is above every name. Uh, it is higher, it is greater, and it is to be praised. And so I say it again. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Safe spaces are not a new phenomenon from the 20th century in our culture. The people of God have had a safe space since the beginning of time. Because when I'm sick, I know the name. Uh, that's a strong tower. Uh, and all I have to do is speak the name uh, of Jesus. Uh, and my sickness uh, can be stripped away. Uh, when I'm in need of a miracle, uh, I can call uh, on the name uh, of Jesus. Uh, and I can receive uh, my miracle. When I feel alone, uh, I can call on the name of Jesus. Uh, and I know uh, I'm not not by myself. Uh, I might be alone in the room in the flesh, uh, but when I've got Jesus on my lips, uh, I am never alone. Uh, he is with me. He's my bread when I'm hungry. He's my water when I'm thirsty. He's my friend uh, when I'm lonely. Uh, he's my help uh, when I'm broken. Uh, he's my healing uh, when my heart is heavy. Oh, I wish somebody would grab a hold of this right now. Uh, he's my sustenance uh, in a dry land. Uh, he's a water uh, in the wilderness. Uh, he's my way uh, where there seems to be no way. Uh, he's a rock uh, when everything is shaken. Uh, he's my still space uh, in the middle of a storm that's my jesus come on somebody shout the name of jesus somebody shout the name jesus there's power in the name of jesus it's not some sort of party trick uh, that they teach us in pastor school to try to get everybody amped up and hyped up. Uh, it's not some sort of emotional funk uh, that we can just shout ourselves out of. No, uh, when you open your mouth uh, and breath rushes through your vocal cords uh, and out your tongue uh, and your teeth that you've hopefully brushed, uh, when that name comes out of you, uh, it's not just a vibration of your cords. Uh, it is a divine uh, name uh, with power and with authority and with dominion. It was not long before our wedding day, 15 and a half years ago. Now we got married April 27th, 2007. I remember I was on my way home from Fargo, North Dakota to Watertown or to not Watertown, Jamestown, Watertown's home now. And if you've lived here for any length of time and you don't call it home yet, well, bless God. That's dangerous ground. <clears throat> I was driving home to Jamestown. It was late at night. It was after midnight, if I remember correctly. I had wanted to spend as much time as possible with my bride-to-be. 
before heading home and, and being home the next day to take care of some things. And so I'm driving home by myself. And I remember, well, I don't remember really. <laughs> I don't remember much. I got to around Valley City. I'm about 35 miles from home. And right about where there's a giant wind tower, before wind energy was this big, hot thing, they put up like a sample wind tower so everybody could see how ugly they were and how many birds they killed and all that kind of thing. And that's the last thing I remember. I remember thinking, man, I'm tired. And that's it. And I remember waking up. It's hard to forget when you're when your tires on the right side are hitting the rumble strips on the left side of I-94, it wakes you up rather quickly. And then the next thing I remember is that I've only got two wheels on the ground and I'm in a four-wheeled car and I can't hold this pose much longer. I'm old and crusty. But I do remember this distinctly. You see, in that moment, everything in my brain short-circuited. I was out of power. It was hopeless. I'm pretty sure that car was going over. I was traveling with my crew set at the speed limit at the time. I believe it was 75. And I had two wheels already in the air headed down into the ditch. But my mother and father had planted something down in my heart. And I didn't cuss. I didn't curse. I didn't holler. I didn't, I didn't say anything wrong. I, the only words that came to my lips, I shouted the name of Jesus. Uh, I was about to tip over. Uh, it was right before my wedding, but all I could say and all I could shout was Jesus. And in that moment, immediately those wheels came down on my car. Uh, I lost the whole side skirt of my car. It got ripped off. I had to go find it. Uh, but there was something inside of me that remembered uh, the name that is above every name. Uh, that's the name of Jesus. Uh, and in a time of trouble, uh, in a time of danger, uh, it was the only word uh, I had time to say. Uh, it might be a one word prayer uh, in your life. Uh, but if Jesus uh, is the word that comes comes out. That's all you need. There have been times in my life when I'm lonely and when I'm weary. You're not the only one. You're not the only one that feels like you're all by yourself. That goes through mental battles, low times, the devil would like you to think you're the only one. He'd like to separate you from the pack and, and just chew you up all by, him, all by yourself when you're not apart and not connected to the bodies. But you're not the only one. But I've learned, I've learned. When I speak the name, he's there. And I don't just mean he's there as a figment of my imagination. Oh, I'm telling you, there have been moments in my life uh, where I'm the only one in the room uh, and I'm in prayer and I'm just saying, Jesus, I need you right now. I don't know where to turn. Uh, I don't know where to go. Uh, I don't know where to look. Uh, and it's as if uh, in the eyes of my spirit, uh, I can feel him coming into the room. Uh, I can see him with the eyes of the spirit. Uh, 
uh, I can feel him sit down next to me. Uh, I can feel the arms uh, of the Savior around my shoulder. Uh, Oh, uh, you might think I'm crazy, but I don't care why. Uh, Because when I speak the name of Jesus, uh, the demons of depression, uh, the demons of fear have to flee. Uh, That loneliness, that despair uh, that would try to grab a hold of a heart, uh, it leaves uh, when Jesus steps into a room. Uh, That that depression uh, and those thoughts of anxiety uh, and worthlessness uh, when Jesus steps in. See, we've got the safe space that this world is desperately trying to create. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it at any time. Uh, You don't have to wait till Sunday to speak the name of Jesus. Uh, But tomorrow when you're going through it, uh, and tomorrow when you're alone, uh, and tomorrow when you're not with somebody at the church, all you gotta do uh, is begin to breathe the name of Jesus. Uh, You might be at the workplace, uh, and everything's going wrong, uh, and you're thinking about quitting and throwing in the towel. Uh, Just breathe the name of Jesus. Uh, Maybe there's a family argument situation. Uh, Maybe there's a circumstance that you prayed about before. Uh, Just say the name of Jesus one more time. Uh, Maybe you're finding your place in prayer uh, and the cupboards are empty uh, and the bank account is gone. Uh, Just uh, say Jesus. But our safe space is different. So they go in to be safe from opinion We go in to get rid of our opinions and to hear his. When I go into that strong tower, my thoughts are brought down and his thoughts begin to fill my life. When I go into that strong tower of the name of Jesus, my attitudes, my ideas, all of that is crucified. And now, now a different voice rules in my life. Salvation. Is in the name. Jesus said go and teach and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Peter said it this way in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21. And it shall come to pass. He's quoting Joel chapter 2 just like Paul does in Romans 10. That whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, as a sidebar, mere verbal confession out of one's mouth is totally inadequate to your eternal salvation. The name of Jesus is not some sort of magical incantation that's going to just remove you from whatever sticky circumstance you find yourself in. Matthew 7, Jesus is telling Of that day where he will come back to this earth and many will stand in front of him and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils? To confess with the mouth, with sincerity and truth in the inward man is to recognize Jesus as Lord of all and surrender completely to him. Confession means more than just speaking. You are speaking out the reality of the state of your heart. It's a confession of the obedience of faith. Peter ends 
that same quotation in Acts 2 and 21, he ends it with Acts 2 and 38 and 39. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Paul ends his the same way. He says in Romans 10 and 14, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. I got beautiful feet, don't matter what y'all say. I might start wearing flip-flops in the pulpit. It's beautiful feet. Jesus wore sandals. All right, moving on. And bring glad tidings. Of good things. But here you go. You ready? But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Confession then is more than just you saying. It's you believing that Jesus is in actuality Lord of all. uh, The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if one believes that, then it's imperative that one acts upon the words of your professed Lord and Savior. See, confessing him entails total submission to him. And one of the things Jesus most definitely said was, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. See, there's salvation in the name. There's saving power in the name of Jesus. That's why, just like the apostles did in the first century, uh, we keep a baptismal warm and ready so that at any moment uh, somebody can confess, Jesus, uh, you're the Lord of my life. Uh, And then they can go down uh, in the waters of baptism uh, and have the name of Jesus called over them. uh, And they can arise up uh, in the power uh, of the Spirit and be filled uh, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Uh, There's power in a name uh, to wash away a past uh, to wash away the stain of sin Uh, there's power in a name Uh, it doesn't matter how messed up your life was when you came in Uh, you can leave uh, in a strong tower called Jesus Uh, you can leave uh, in a safe space uh, with the blood uh, and the name of Jesus applied to your life somebody shout that name of Jesus I don't have much voice. And so we're going to wrap up. I thought for sure somebody would say amen. But before you think. That we just have a safe space that we're going to run to in this 21st century context. And we're going to hunker down and bunker down until Jesus comes again. Our safe space, our strong tower, it's not stationary. It's not just defensive. But in the name of Jesus, we are to go on the offense. I didn't say you're to be offensive. Don't be defensive either. But go on the offense. 
with the name of Jesus. Yes, there are moments where you just need to speak that name and disappear into a strong tower and allow the mercy of God to cover you and to cloak you. But that's not all that he intended his name to be used for as some sort of of, of spiritual shield that just keeps us in those moments when we're down. His name is intended as an offensive weapon. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we read the account of a lad named David. Anybody heard this story before? Okay, two people. Fantastic. Well, I better fill in some details. Let's back up to Samuel uh, chapter 13. No, we'll, we'll scoot right ahead. There's a young lad named David. And David, he's been anointed to be king, but... Nobody recognizes it yet. He's simply doing what his daddy asked him to do. He's taking some bread and some cheese to the army. And as he's there, a giant comes out of the camp of the Philistines, the enemy of the people of God. And he begins to mock the God of Israel and to mock the armies of Israel. David's not... Happy when somebody starts trying to mock the people of God and the name of God. And so he offers and says, hey, I'll fight the giant. He didn't have armor. He didn't have a spear. He didn't have a sword. He had his shepherd's tools. He had a staff. He had a sling. The king tried to outfit him in some armor and David said, no, I've not proved these. I can't fight in them. And so he sets them aside. And the Bible says that he walks out to meet the Philistine with a staff and a sling. And Goliath sees David coming in 1 Samuel 17 and 43. And he says, am I a dog that you come to me with a stick? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said unto David, come to me and I'm going to give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But ready? I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And we know the rest of the story. The Bible says that a lad that went in the name of the Lord took a stone in a sling and he ran to meet the giant. And as he loosed that stone, it flew through the air guided by the power of a God whose name David was defending and speaking uh, and that stone sank in the forehead of a giant uh, and a lad that day uh, that went in the name of the Lord uh, gained the victory over a stronghold uh, that had bound the people of God 
let me be the first to tell you today, uh, you do not have to hunker down uh, and hide uh, until Jesus comes again. Uh, If you will go uh, in the name of the Lord, uh, there are giants in your life that will come down. Uh, If you'll go in the name of the Lord, uh, there are strongholds uh, in this city uh, that will be destroyed. Uh, If we'll go uh, in the name of the Lord, uh, there are giants uh, in your schools, uh, in your families, uh, in your workplaces uh, that are coming down. Uh, Let's stand together in this place right now. Uh, Let's begin to lift up the name uh, of Jesus. There are there are strongholds of false doctrine in this region uh, that will be overcome uh, because there's a people that understand uh, the power of the name. There are pockets of unbelief in this land uh, that will be totally broken and destroyed uh, and souls will be freed to come into the kingdom uh, when the people of God uh, begin to proclaim the name of Jesus. Come on now. Come on. Don't ever underestimate the power of speaking the name of Jesus in your prayer life. Don't underestimate the power of declaring the word of God into the spiritual atmosphere of our surrounding land. When you begin to pray, uh, there's only one God. Uh, His name is Jesus. Uh, All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in him. Uh, I'm complete in him uh, who is the head of all principality. He's the head of all power. Uh, He has all might, uh, all dominion, uh, and all authority. Uh, The name of the Father uh, and of the Son uh, and of the Spirit. Uh, I know it. It's Jesus. Uh, It's Jesus. Come on. When you begin to declare that, uh, you are tearing spiritual strongholds down uh, strongholds uh, and giants uh, can come down you battling addiction go in the name of the Lord you battling depression Go in the name of the Lord. Uh, oh, I know you, you, you've prayed before. I understand. Uh, I don't belittle that. Uh, I don't look down on that. Please understand that I'm not mocking. Uh, but I want you to have revelation uh, and understanding uh, of the power of your tongue. Uh, when you speak the name of Jesus, uh, it's a sword uh, in the spirit that utters forth out of your mouth. Uh, there is no stronghold uh, that can withstand uh, the name of Jesus. Uh, there is no sickness. Uh, that can withstand uh, the name uh, of Jesus. Let's lift our hands in this place right now. Uh, Come on, somebody just speak the name of Jesus. Uh, Let it come across every mouth. Uh, Let it come across every lip in this house. Uh, Jesus, 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 Jesus.